Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, good looking. Why is a nice boy like you listening to a podcast like this? Take this down, hot stuff. Record Rangers is part of the Daily Record Podcast Network. Subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom. Mwah. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Record Rangers podcast. With me, Johnny McFarlane. Joining me today is Record Digital Sports Writer Mark McDougall. And we've just watched Rangers play Hamilton in the Super Seal Stadium, formerly New Douglas Park. And uh, it was quite some game. But before we talk about that, we're going to talk about the big story from today. Kenny Miller and his future. Obviously, he has been sent down to London to play against Brentford um, with the uh, development squad as part of the games programme. Yeah, that's an interesting one that Miller's been sent down there. Uh, I think if he had no future at the club, he wouldn't be sent there at all. He's obviously been sent down there, show his attitude is right, make him back up and get in with the squad again. Obviously, Do you believe that though, Mark? I don't, I don't you, know. Sound, you sound like a PR guy <laughs> here. <laughs> I don't know. Rangers go to Canada next week, obviously, and Cushinia after the game wouldn't say whether Miller was going to be involved or not. So I think there's still some You think there's deci- a- some deciding to do there about whether... Mother will be seen in the Rangers jersey again. I don't think we're going to see Kenny Miller in the Rangers yeah, jersey again. I think it's 40 against. I think I think it's 95-5. I really, <laughs> I really think this is a, a, sim- a similar situation to the Joey Barton situation in terms of the fact that there is no room for manoeuvre um, from I- from either party. I don't think it seems to me from what Pedro said tonight in his interview that the he's adopting a scorched earth policy. I mean, what was the what was the line that Pedro used? When he was asked about it uh, before the game, when Ailey Barber and BT Sport asked him uh, about well, why he dropped Miller and why he dropped his leadership skills, and Gashinia uh, just turned around and said, "That's what you say. That's what you That's say." That's what you say. About yeah. Miller's leadership skills, which was interesting as well. But I think what he was—I suppose what he was trying to say there is he's not the voice in the dressing room you yeah, think he is. Yeah, that he's not as important as perhaps people think he is in the dressing room, which is a bit strange as well because he's clearly, or he was, the vice captain of the club. So obviously he is an influential figure in the dressing room, but there's clearly some some issues there right now. We had Scott uh, McDermott on the podcast, obviously he's often on the podcast with me, and he was talking about Kenny as a guy, and he said, you know, he's really intense, loves his football, passionate about his football. And I wonder, I see, so I see a lot of parallels between this situation with Kenny Miller, and I know people groan, but it's true with the Paul Le Guin scenario with Barry Ferguson. I think Barry and Kenny are, are similar characters. They, they don't accept second best. They don't suffer fools gladly. They've got a strong idea of what they expect and what they want. Do you get a sense of that as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously Miller's been there in some really successful times for Rangers, so he's not going to be happy with how things are just now. And the same way Ferguson wasn't happy with drawing regularly under Paul Le Guin. I think that's widely known that that's 
been that was the big issue with Paul again and Barry Ferguson was that again was happy to accept those draws while playing the right style of football. I'm not saying that Cassini is the same because I think you can quite clearly see that Cassini gets annoyed when more, the, more when of a pragmatist. Yes, and also like Cassini also didn't doesn't have the same budget or squad that Legan should have had. Mm. Uh, but yes, yeah, I, I do see similarities in that Miller. He's he's clearly passionate about the club. I know people will disagree with that, but the fact he said for Celtic a few years ago, but he clearly knows you know, the club. he's passionate you, about the club. You're never going to get me slagging off a Hibs fan who goes to Ibrox. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, he, he was brought up a Hibs fan, so yeah. you know, he, his passion for the club has come through his time with the club. I don't think any Rangers fan could look at Kenny Miller's three spells and say this is a guy that's not given everything when he's been there. No, Kenny Miller is a Rangers legend, whatever anyone says. I agree with that. And should be in the Hall of Fame when his career ends. But I do think it's perhaps his time up at Ibrox at this stage. Yeah, I agree. I think it looks like that. It certainly does. Moving on to the actual game itself. It was an appalling start. What did you make of the defending? Um, Cardoso, I got slaughtered for, for picking on him at first. You'll remember. I think you might be with somebody who was no, slaughtering me yeah, for it. I probably did. I, I, I think Cardoso is a reasonable defender. He's good at... He's really good at last-out tackles. He's, he's on the ground, he's good. But as soon as a striker goes up against him and challenges him, he's just not able to deal with it. I mean, we've seen it a couple of weeks ago. He gave away the free kick against Partick Thistle that Blair Spittle scored from. Again tonight, Rakic Bingham bullied him at the opening goal. and that's He's a, a big guy as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a real worry. He's not good in the air at all, and that's a worry for Kishinja, I've got to say. I, I'm actually more concerned about the one-on-one situation, where he's one-on-one with a player. I mean, Conor Salmon stood him up the other day, and yeah. Conor, Conor Salmon's hardly a you know, fleet-of-foot yeah. type character. Because I think... You know, a guy that's coming from Portugal, he's 23, 24, he's playing in a style of physical football, I think it's going to take 10, 15 games for him to get used to that. So I think I'm, I would be less concerned about that. I'm more concerned about the fact that in a one-on-one situation, like you saw in the lead-up to the goal, he, he, he's poor. Yeah, yeah, it is worrying that he, he, can't, he doesn't seem to be able to show people down the line or show people the right way to go. He just seems to let them run at him and nine times out of ten they'll get past him. It was the same. Even towards the start of the season, Simon Murray did it quite a few times for Hibs. Yes, he did. And Simon Murray was brilliant that day. Cardoso, not so much again. And it's a weird one because there is some weeks that Fabio Cardoso looks absolutely brilliant, strolls through games, and then the next week he's back to not able to do very much. Do you think it's maybe he looks really good at Ibrox where he's not under a lot of pressure, where he's receiving the ball with a bit of space? He's a big, swarthy, handsome Portuguese guy. <laughs> you know, a bit of a touch of the Lorenzo Amoruso about him, but when he's... Where he's not like Lorenzo Amoruso is when he's put under pressure. He, and he, he's still got a bit to go into. He's still young, as we say. Um, but when he's put under pressure, he doesn't look like he's standing up to it at the moment. Yeah, it's a fair point, actually. and I, I think that's another reason why Rangers should look to go to a back three. It would offer more protection. Uh, obviously, Bruno Alves would be there to talk both him and if it was Ross McCrory through the game. And I, I do genuinely think it would offer more t- protection. Uh, obviously if there's players coming one on one at him there's still two covering behind him to stop the ball which he needs to learn how to defend one on ones but I think that is something that needs done to help him You obviously wrote a piece about this um, for Record Sport um, in the last few days about your your belief that they should move to a, a three at the back just do you want to, for anyone who's not read it and it was an excellent piece that they should but just summarise what your, your point is Yeah well I just think that having three at the back with either you could have James Tavernier on the right, Declan John on the left, that offers 
much more protection to uh, to West Fordham and goals and just the Rangers backline in general and that also still lets players like Graham Dorans get forward Carlos Peña if he plays get forward and also allows two strikers and probably Morelos and Herrera right now because Kenny Miller's not going to get near the team no. uh, so uh, I think it, it's a formation it's, it's a formation that's popular just now look at Chelsea Tottenham Arsenal started playing it Man United played it midweek obviously they've got a lot more Chelsea play a 3-4-3 yeah. but I think Rangers could play that as well because yeah, that, you could play Candias on one side and, and Windass on the other Yeah, it's quite tactically flexible I think that would be my problem with a 3-5-2 is that you see again tonight Candias what he's bringing to the table yeah. and he's the he's the victim unless although I do think you, you could play in that right yeah you play him as a wing back um, although arguably you'd say that's James Tavernier's best position would yeah. be wing back Um. What, what did you make of Carlos Pena? You mentioned him there. I think um, there's a lot of people, uh, myself included, who wanted to give him a, a good chance because we'd seen some very, very impressive footage of him. But he doesn't look like a football player. And that's me trying to couch <laughs> myself and be as nice as possible. Uh, he's really just not... I mean, I, it's hard to think of someone that's had a worse start to their Rangers career. Perhaps maybe... Philip Sebo. You say worst start, but he has scored two goals. He has, but he's done in terms of his all-round yeah. play. No, I, um, he's had I a couple of good moments. I think he struggles, goals. struggles with the pace of the Scottish game, big time. Yeah, uh, seen it again. Seen it against Celtic last week. The amount of times he tried to turn on the ball and Scott Brown was at his ankles, naturally. Uh, and then again tonight, he wanted far too much time on the ball and really struggled with it. And I know Pedro Casinha said during the week that he was one of the top three fittest players at the club. That's just absolutely not. Let's be honest. But he does look like a, he's oh, yeah, a unit he's, and a half. Yeah. I've seen some photos coming yeah. here at the Daily Record where the guy is. Yeah, he's, he's clearly he has a big, going to the gym. Guy, but he's not. I don't think he's football fit. If that makes sense, yeah. he's not. He's not match fit. Uh, the amount of times the ball comes to him, and he takes an awful first touch. He got lucky tonight with an awful first touch, and then he went in hard on Greg Doherty. That's should have been a red card. It, it should have been. That, that's what. That's what's interesting about. It. That's a great point about his first touches. It's the exact opposite of what you'd expect from a, a guy playing in Central America. Yeah, but there, there is other times where his first touch is brilliant, and then you mm-hmm. wonder why can't you do that every time? And I do think it is down to match fitness. Uh, but yeah, he's, I, he needs to just get his get up to speed because he looks like he could be a decent player, but he's not showing enough yet. Yeah, I, I, I saw elements of that in the game, uh, the Partick Thistle game, yeah. um, where I thought he was making a lot of dangerous runs. Uh, even though he didn't see a lot of them come to fruition, I thought he, just the way he held the position was a big improvement on Kenny Miller. But since then, I thought at Celtic, I know he was asked to do a, a, a defensive role primarily, but I didn't think he was that effective. And then tonight, I think possibly his worst game in a Rangers shot. Yeah, I think he's another player that will thrive at iBooks, but isn't going to do well at these small, tight away grounds where teams are on top of you. Hmm. And yeah, I think iBooks is where we'll see the best of him. He's probably better off the bench at away games. So, for a, from a midfielder that's struggling, then to two midfielders that had a terrific, I thought were terrific tonight. First of all, Daniel Candias. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I said said it since he signed that his work rate is superb. But he's one of those players that, that when you're watching him, you don't realise how good he is. I don't think it's like some of his touches are brilliant. He's he's not a flashy player, but he always seems to be pulling off flicks and tricks as well. It's a weird one. And then his deliveries into the box are excellent. Every, well, not not every time, but I'd say a good seven times out of ten, his delivery is good, and 
the amount of balls he puts into the box that creates chances every day. He's a good finisher, as we saw yeah, tonight. I think to Kevin it. Thompson, I thought, unfairly besmirched the Hamilton keeper. Yeah. I don't think he could have really done much about that. No, I think that was the one that he couldn't do much about. I mean, yeah. the first two, Darren Jameson was awful for the two of them. I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I know he was playing junior football in the last couple of seasons, so yeah. it's obviously a big step up, but uh, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. But Candace's goal, I don't think he had any chance with it. It was no. great touch, great ball in from Dorans, and a great finish. And of course, I think the most heartening thing, especially given what we discussed at the start of this podcast, for Rangers fans would be to see Candace then arrow straight for his manager and then every other player on the pitch pile in. I mean, if you were a a guy who's watching this game tonight, a guy or girl, watching that game tonight, hoping to see a team fall apart or uh, not back their manager, you definitely didn't see that. That looked to me like a kind of performance where the players were coming together as one to unite behind Pedro Cascina. Yeah, exactly. I've seen social media, Twitter especially, went absolutely nuts after 56 seconds when... Uh, Redmond scored the opener and it's like ah, this team's a mess you can see it's affecting them Rangers are falling apart Cachinho's lost the dressing room but I think that proved the complete opposite like, every single player apart from West Fodrium who was at the other end of the pitch uh, was straight to uh, Cachinho it was the only time Cachinho got up off his bench all night and uh, yeah it was brilliant to see from a Rangers point of view Why do you think Pedro Cachinho you mentioned he's sitting on the bench why do you think he, he did take that position throughout the game it's at odds with how he normally uh, interacts with his players from the touchline, he's very animated normally and it, it was a stark contrast, not Chris Sutton whose job is to be an agitator in chief but he did keep on bringing it up so uh, I suppose from the, the question that I would have is uh, he might have decided based on uh, the, the situation with Scott Brown, he wanted to keep his powder dry on top of the Miller situation uh, but the question I would ask is, did it did it work, or do you think it will lead to more questions? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, obviously, he said after the game that it was because he trusts his players to do the job. It's actually he's not trusted his players every other week because mm. he's been agitated every week. So I think one of the t- things that we tend to do with Pedro is because uh, English is his first isn't his first language. I think sometimes maybe there's a slight intonation yeah. that we miss. I took from it what he was saying was I wanted to just show them that I had complete trust and faith in them. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and, and he was trying to transmit that I'm not I'm not worried about this in any way. He was trying to give a sense of calm, um, even in a situation where you go a goal down after a minute. Um, But in terms of how the TV cameras picked it up, I thought it it looked like I think uh, Chris Sutton said he looks like a broken man. Yeah. And while I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily I go, I wouldn't go that far. That might be slightly over dramatic on Chrissy's part. I do think he did cut a sullen figure. Yeah, I don't think he didn't look himself tonight at all. In, in the pre-match interview, he didn't look himself. Obviously, he was asked about Kenny Miller, and he was very straight to the point about it. Uh, yeah, even in the after the game, he didn't look himself when he was talking about the win, and it was a strange showing from Kishina tonight. I think um, mm. his team were probably the best that I've seen them uh, they looked up for it they were running everywhere for him uh, yeah it was really strange to see him act in that manner and even after the game I was surprised that he didn't go to the way fans he went straight into, went the, tunnel, straight into the tunnel yeah. stood in there and waited for the players but yeah it was a weird one um, 
We've gone way off topic. And what I initially asked you about was the two midfield players. So we talked about Candias. Uh, Graham Dorans, I thought, had his best game so far in a Rangers jersey. He pushed forward a lot more. His passing on that pitch was just uh, sensational. Very, very good indeed. And uh, to round it off, you've got probably one of the most skillful pen- penalties that we've seen in Scotland for, for, a, f- for a few, certainly for a few years. Um, Jason Cummings tried a few of them. Jason Cummins tried them, but without such success. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely his best game in the Rangers strip, without a doubt. Uh, also, he was very good in the opening day against Motherwell. Struggled after that, I think. I think it's fair to say he struggled after that every week. Yeah. Uh, also, he scored a stunning goal against Paddy Thistle, but tonight he was really at his best. His, some of his passing was absolutely brilliant. I mentioned it already. His ball through for Candace for the third goal was sensational and then yeah the chipped penalty is it takes guts to do that especially when there was pressure on him tonight as well to show show what he was made of and yeah he showed what showed he was a brilliant player that's what we've seen from him so far isn't it we've not seen him really dominate games until tonight but he has shown flashes of class sheer class at this level and again we saw a few flashes of that tonight so I think what Rangers should be doing with that is we've got a player here who's clearly a cut above most of the talent in this league. So we need to unleash him. We need to find a system that allows him to show that. And I think, while I think he does a good job for the team in the four four two, I think, especially if Peña continues to play that he's, the way he's playing, I think Doran's moving into that whole position. If they're going to play the four four two or the four four one one, as it's probably more accurately described, he, he should be the one that's getting pushed a bit further forward. Yeah, definitely. I think he should be... Number 10 is his best position. Uh, it always has been, it always will be. Okay, Mark, so it would be remiss to have talked through this entire game without mentioning probably the player who had the biggest impact on the game, which was uh, Declan John. I know you've been impressed by him. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I really liked him. Uh, I think he's, he's very good going forward. He, was, he wasn't as influential in the second half. Uh, obviously, Rangers went down to 10 men, so it was wasn't as easy for him to get forward, but uh, in the first half I thought he was brilliant. Even Rangers really struggled in the first five ten minutes, but even then he was getting forward. He put in a great ball for uh, Josh Windass, which was the one time Hamilton defended really well. And then also his two goals cutting into his, onto his weaker right foot. I'll say weaker right foot, but I guess part of this especially, I found it really hard to tell which foot was actually the strongest. But it is definitely his left. Uh, but it was a great finish. Again, you could argue that the keeper should have done better. But it was it was brilliant from him. His, his forward runs are really good, and it, it's got to be a worry for Lee Wallace to get back into that team because if Declan John keeps this up, then there's no way Wallace should be getting back in front of him. Is his contract up at Cardiff at the end of the season? I, I believe it. Yeah. yeah I so, it so he, I mean, he might be someone that Rangers have to start thinking about quite yeah. seriously, quite quickly. Yeah, he's still, getting tied up. He's still young as well. I think yeah. he's only 22, 23. Yeah, he is. Uh, Welsh international. He's got a lot of pedigree. So, I would if. If he continues this form, I would definitely think Rangers should look at him uh, on a permanent deal next summer. So finally, Mark, um, what is your overall take from the game, and in, especially in terms of Kashina's future? I'll tell you mine before before we get start before you get started. I think this has been a massive night for Pedro Kashina. A real marker has been laid down. What do you t- What's your take? Uh, yeah, I do think it is a statement, but he's had these statements before. Aberdeen up in Pataudry 3-0, that was a statement. Uh, 
Dundee a few weeks ago. That was a statement. It's, he just he keeps making these statements without continuing. Two step form. forward, one yeah, step back. That's exactly it. And uh, yeah. I think the St Johnston game is massive. I think he really needs to get a run of ones under his belt, uh, especially at Ibrox. It's his fo- Rangers form at Ibrox is Ibrox has been a real worry. I think. Uh, I don't know whether it's the pressure of fifty thousand fans constantly getting on your back as happens at Ibrox uh, when things aren't going well. But yeah, I think he needs a run of games now after tonight. Cause it was a great win for Rangers. Don't you can't deny that. I mean, people say it was only Hamilton. Uh, but after this, after the trouble of this week, after the defeat last week, this was a huge, huge game for Pedro Cassini, and uh, he got his players playing, and it was a great win. Okay, Mark, thanks for joining me today. We will be back obviously next week. We go out every Wednesday by four pm for the Record Rangers. Uh, I think I'll be joined by Scott McDermott again next week. Obviously, if you like what we do, please go on to iTunes and rate us. You can also download the podcast from there and you can subscribe there too. There's also loads of other podcast platforms you can use to get the podcast from. So wherever you get your podcasts, go and grab it from there. That's all from us. Thanks for listening. Hanging on the edge of the wire. Hanging on the edge of desire.